I'll get my eyeballs cleared. Second Corinthians chapter 9. We'll be reading verses 6 through 15. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. Paul writing here uh, has some words for us concerning our finances. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all the grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. How he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything and all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men, and by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceedingly grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for the unspeakable gift. You may be seated. Giving is a very vital part of every Christian. I'm not talking about just money. There are several things that we'll make mention of tonight. Um, we need to be as quickly as we can for the sake of our meeting. I don't want to be here all night, but I do want to proclaim your, uh, the message for you tonight that I feel is important or else we'd just have a business meeting. Uh, but giving is a very vital part of every born-again child of God. What do we have to give? Are we willing to let it go? Are we willing to give? Um, in fact, you can't be a faithful, faithful, committed Christian without giving. Giving in all areas of our life. In Jesus' letters to the uh, seven churches in the book of Revelation, Jesus himself said, I know you works. I know why you give. I know what you give, and I know where you give it. Now, there are some things that have been said um, just let me give where I want to. Well, we do have special offerings that you can designate to. But I would not be so hardcore if I designated it for a new pulpit stand, if I didn't get it, that I'd pull my money out and keep it. I'd say, hey, put it where it needs to be used most. Once you give that money to God, hey, it's no longer yours. It's no longer yours. It belongs to the Lord. And if you don't give it with that kind of spirit, you'd be much better off to keep it in your pocket. Much better off. So, we see God here, very involved, very active in giving. He gave His Son. We see Jesus in giving His life. 
We see the Holy Spirit investing in all of our lives every day, giving and giving. And what do we have to give back? First thing he wants us to give back is to give him our heart and our soul and our mind, our total being. I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. And thank goodness it's paid. God's not making payments on it. I'll never be able to repay him for what he has done through his son to me, but I can make payments on it. Okay? Um, We only have one life to live. We only have one body to give. And Paul said to give it and give it sacrificially. He said, I beg you, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your entire body for the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he want out of me? Whatever he wants, he can have. It may not be perfect health. Hey, I mean, you know, our, our boys, they, they're, they're always concerned. <laughs> I guess they're more concerned now with their, with their mama and their daddy. Um, having been without us for four months, uh, it was probably almost like a, a death. And so I, I tell the boys, I say, when your friends ask how your daddy's doing, just tell them he is in the fallen stage of his life. So, hey, you know, that's part of, of our makeup, you know. I try to watch very cautiously and careful now where I walk and how I walk because I can't stand another fall. Or I hope I, I, don't, I, hope I don't fall, but I can't stand another fall. I don't like the pain that it inflicts on the body. So we must give sacrificially, give to the Lord as only we can. I wanted to share with you planting our financial seed. Now, when I got this sermon, I didn't know we was going to have what we was going to have. And so I can't cut it short. I'm not going to cut it short. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And uh, I beg all of you who are guests in the house tonight, if in your heart and mind you love this place and you're thinking about being a part of this place, I hope you won't walk out when the time comes to discuss this place tonight. Okay, you're welcome to stay. I gave you that permission. Okay, you don't have to ask your neighbor. I've already given it to you. But planting our financial seed. First of all, there are laws of the harvest. According to the word of God here, if we don't plant, we don't expect anything. Hey, many of you gave seed. We carried them to Africa. About the second week we were there, we went to the farm. They prepared, we prepared the soil. And folk, I'm telling you, we, 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 we made the furrows with our fingers, we planted with our fingers. The soil must have been 85 plus degrees. I told the boys, I said, I want these seed watered. As soon as we get them covered up, I want a crew of y'all right behind us watering. You'll see that on some pictures. I said, I want it watered every day. I kid you not, seven days into the planting, everything was popping through the ground. What if we just said, hey, it's too dry to plant. Wow, the soil's too hot. We don't have enough. Plant the seed. If we expect to get a harvest, the laws of the harvest, we must plant. In other words, we must put the seed in the ground. And then we've got to wait. After we plant, we've got to wait for the harvest time. You know, when I'm planting my garden every uh, <clears throat> spring or what have you, I can almost done taste them taters. I mean, them maters. And the beans, I mean, I'm just looking so forward to it. And go out there and peep and look at it every day because I know I planted the seed. 
We plant seeds in people's hearts and lives, and we ought to expect something. Um, Paul said, I planted Apollos water, but it's God who will give the increase. Yes, you have all provided us with seed. We planted the seed. We watered the seed. But it was God that caused those seeds to germinate and to come up and produce fruit. We got to sow to our own harvest time. There's a right time to sow. Um, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to sow. There's a time to plant. There's a time to cultivate. There's a time to harvest. There's a time to enjoy the fruit of our labor. And the fruit of our labor is we look forward to those who receive the word of God to come forth and make it public. That's where we collect that harvest. And of course, the scripture said, as I read it a while ago, and I'm going to read it again, if we sow sparingly, that's how we're going to read, sparingly. Well, not only the laws of the harvest, we know we must plant if we're going to uh, reap a harvest. Secondly, our harvest miracle. Now, here again, he's talking about planting the Word of God. He's talking about producing people, okay? He's talking about lost souls becoming saved. So the harvest miracle. A part, of, a part of each harvest is for sowing again, okay? Uh, well, for instance, hey, I try to keep back some corn every year, so I'll have seed for the next year. We lead a person to Jesus in hopes that they will go get somebody and lead them to Jesus and bring them in. You see, I, they, I never, ever have kept a record of how many people God has let me or allowed me to lead to him. I, I don't have to keep that record. I don't have to put notches in my Bible. I don't have to do that because God keeps the record. I'm just charged with sowing. I've got to sow. If I don't sow, then I'm sorry. Hello? i got to sow. It, it's a part of a harvest, a sowing um, it's a part of each harvest for, is for us to uh, keep and enjoy. Okay? When a person is saved, hey, we enjoy watching their lives develop for God. And to see them step up and take positions in later years and seeing them just, just see their fruit just keep on coming. It's amazing what God will do if we will plant the seed. You know, I look back at our place, at, um, and I'm thinking, why? Why did I not put out fruit trees when I first got that place? I do not know. I got one little peach tree on the place. <laughs> one, I got two, two fig bushes on the place, a scuffernon on the place. Why didn't I do that? I didn't see way out there, and I was only looking at right there. And a lot of times, we only look right there. We don't look on out under what God is going to do. With us, our harvest, y'all, is nothing short of a miracle. When we plant the seed of God, somebody comes along and waters it. God saves their soul, and they come forward, and we see them. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, as I have planted, Paul is water, but God gave the increase. Um, it's time to generously plant the seed. Okay, let me give you a third thing right quick. God's law of sowing. Verse 10 says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for the food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruit of your righteousness. See, he provides, and then he said, but it's yours. 
He provides, but it's yours. As he provides and we see, then we bless him. We praise him for it. So the, the God's law of sowing, we must be a liberal sower. The Bible says a liberal giver. Um, Jerry Clower, bless his soul, he's done gone on. He said you ought to be a hilarious giver. Just, just laugh about it, man. Praise God, I can give to the glory of God. You see, uh, we got to be a liberal giver if we want to reap abundantly. Oh, I know some people wait till the last of the year to make that big contribution where they can get it off on their taxes. Well, what I understand, you don't get so much know-how, so why not just give like you're supposed to give and don't worry about holding a chunk to the end of the year or whatever. And let's start this of our income. You know, that's anything, a gift. Hey, I believe you ought to tithe off of a gift. You didn't have it, you got it somehow. Enough. Somebody thought enough of you to give it. You ought to give it. We, gotta allow circum- we, we must not allow circumstances to control us. Okay? We might say, well, you know, if I didn't have this payment and that payment, I could, I could tithe. Well, get rid of something because you're robbing God. I'd rather break in your house and be arrested by Brother Mike and go to jail than to steal from God Almighty. I mean, God's not playing, y'all, when he says, you robbed me. And they say, where? In your tithes and your offerings. You see, we think the tithe, oh, we have really done something when we give the tithe, which is, according to the Bible, 10%. We have not done a thing until we go beyond that 10% and give that offering. You know, I'd rather be on the giving end than be on the receiving end. On the giving end. Rather than on the receiving end. Uh, don't allow circumstances to control uh, our giving. We need to understand that God gives some for resowing. Okay? Um, some of you, you invest money and you make money. Well, what do you do with what you make? Do you reinvest it or you hold some back and do it this way and do it that way? I think of. Um, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. Hey, there wasn't anything wrong with what they'd done. The problem was they lied about it. They lied about it. Why do people want to lie about what they do and what they give? A boy gave $10,000 to a local, to a, to a church for a family life center. They kept trying to raise the money and raise the money and things just wasn't going well. So they finally brought it to the church. The church, uh, it doesn't look like we need a family life center because people have just about quit giving to it and we have this amount of money and we suggest that we take this amount of money and just, just pay off our debts and, and get caught up with things. This old boy got mad, left the church and sent a letter. He said, I want my $10,000 back. You know what the church done? They give it to him. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Once you give it, buddy, it's not yours any longer. If it don't get used for what you want, you ought to be bold enough to go and say, hey, I gave money for a PA system, and I see that it's already been given. I want you to take that money and put it anywhere you want to put it that it can be used the best because it's not mine, it's God's, but I don't want you to hold it because I gave it. 
so-and-so gave this chair. Well, what are you going to do with it? Well, you ought to offer it back to them. <laughs> if you don't need it, just offer it back to them. If they don't want it, then do what you want to with it. I mean, God's blessed Lynn and me, and we have gave and bought and give, and the things that we have bought and give, we don't want it. It's not ours. We gave it to the Lord. Seed, he wants to give us rewards, that, that extra seed to, to give back and to carry on the ministry that God's called us to do, okay? Let me give you a last thing right quick. God's law of patience. 11 and 12 says, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also in many thanksgivings unto God. God's law of patience. God's not playing tricks on us when he promises a harvest. He said, if you plant somebody a water, but I will give the increase. He didn't say, if I think about it, or if I think you've planted it right, I will. You plant somebody a water, and I will make a payoff that you will not be embarrassed over. Galatians 6, 7 says you reap what you sow. So what do we sow? If we sow love, we're going to reap love. If we sow mercy, we're going to reap mercy. If we show, uh, sow strife, we're going to reap strife. If we sow finances, we're going to reap finances. You see, you, you can't have any sowing without a sower. Are you a sower? And if so, what, what are you sowing? Are you show, sowing love and, and coming together? Or are you one of those that instigates trouble? Yeah, we sowing something, y'all. Every one of us in this room, we are sowing something. I think of the parable uh, of the seeds that, that Jesus gave that simple parable. Listen, I'm not going to cover every little base here, but I want you to listen. Some seeds, it says, fell by the wayside. Those seeds were wasted. The Bible says the birds came and devoured the seed. Let me tell you something. There are birds in some of our lives that will take the seed of God away. They will have nothing to plant. There's such a thing as the bird of drinking. Hey, wasting money on alcohol. There's the birds of drugs. That'll steal from us. There's the birds of spending just because we've got it. You know, it's amazing the way they set up stores today. Uh, set up, the way they set up stores today versus uh, the grocery store where I went in Tanzania, at Oringa. There wasn't any last impulse deals. You know what I mean? You, you're standing in line, you don't got your groceries. <laughs> but over here, everywhere you go, there's that last minute little stuff. You waiting in line and you looking this left and right and everything. I believe I'll get one of these. How about one of these over here? And I hear parents say, you don't need that. Well, watch them. Maybe we just pick up stuff at random. You know we'll go in a department store just to buy one thing. <laughs> Come out with bags full. I tell you what, right quick, God bless Len and I at Hilton Head that you all didn't get a bad phone call. 
I forgot my jogging pants, so I didn't have anything to lounge around in. So I told her, I said, let's go to Walmart and pick me up a pair. So I went in there, had my coat on. It was hot when we got in there. I took my coat off and laid it across the buggy. Well, we were going along. I found the jogging pants. Well, naturally, we had impulse carrying on, so we bought several things. We got up to the counter. Somehow or another, my coat, I had to pick my coat up, and she had the jogging pants on her arm. We standing in line. I put all the loose stuff up on the counter. The little girl slid it across, beep, 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 put it in bags. Thank you very much. Out the door we went. We got to the car. I was putting Lynn in the car, and she says, we didn't pay for these jogging pants. I said, you know, you're exactly right. She said, I thought I had your coat hanging on my arm. I said, well, it don't make sense to me. I said, I don't know why the buzzer didn't go off. I said, well, I don't feel like walking back up there. I said, I'll just drive you right to the door. So she drive, I drive her right to the door. She gets out, and I'm thinking, if the buzzer had went off, shop lifting preacher. <laughs> Westminster first will never have us back. Land goes in, goes through the line, tells a little lady what happened. She said, ma'am, you are one in a million that would do that. And Land said, I want to sleep tonight. Birds that will come and rob us of that seed. Well, seed fell by the wayside. Then there was some seed that said fell on stony ground. It didn't have no roots. Because it didn't have no roots, they had no purpose. Some people don't care. They don't care. If you have church, okay. If you don't, we don't care. Some of them say, I ain't coming no how. I know when I'm coming, I'll be there. You look for me. Look for me on Easter. Look for me on Christmas. I will be there. lady told me, she said, you can count on me to be there. I ain't seen her yet. There's also the seeds that fell among the thorns. And the Bible says they sprang up and the thorns choked them to death. I'm going to tell you what, what there are people in your and my life that will choke us to death. They will hinder us from doing what we feel we ought to do for the Lord. This is a pitiful excuse. Oh, I missed you Sunday. Well, I had company. Does your company not know you go to church? Uh, hey, before I was ever called to preach, one Sunday afternoon, we had friends who came. We always was at discipleship training. It was called training union then. I mean, I'm looking at my watch, and, and Josh and I usually walked on Sunday evening in the summer and the spring. We'd walk to church. We was that close. I'm looking at my watch, and I said, listen, y'all. I said, I got to go to church. I said, now, y'all welcome to go with us. We'd love to have you, or you stay right here. We'll be back around 8.30. Whatever y'all want to do, but we fixing to go. Now, Lynn, of course, she's, she stayed with them. And uh, Josh and me, we left. But some of us will have, we have friends that will take us off on Sunday afternoon and won't bring us home in time to go to church. That's just how they choke us. You got to be bold enough to say, church, they, they say, you mean they can't function without you? Say, yeah, they can, but you don't know our preacher. You want to feed him every Sunday? <laughs> well, some seed fell among the thorns. And then last of all, he said, some fell upon good ground. That's where I want my seed. I want it on good ground. He said it'll produce fruit. 
Then he said it'll produce good fruit. And then he said on top of that, I'm going to let it produce a lot of fruit. So all we've got to do, y'all, with this financial thing is be faithful to what God has blessed us with. Just go ahead and figure this year. I'm going to give 11%. Figure it in. Or if you say, hey, 11%, that's not enough. Well, figure 20. I mean, it's okay with me. I mean, whatever you think you ought to do, but let's go above 10%. We can do it. We can do anything we want to do with our money. Because there's all kinds of institutions out there that'll help us. But let's, let's give more than 10%. This is a good core of First Baptist right here. Let's show out for God. And he's promised to give us a good harvest. I don't know what this year will bring. It might bring a financial crisis for all of us. We don't know. But whatever, God's in control and God knows. But I just want to challenge you. Let's go beyond the 10% with whatever we have. Father, thank you for this wonderful group tonight. Bless their hearts, bless their home, bless their jobs, bless their income. I pray, Lord, now as we enter into our uh, business meeting in a moment, Lord, help us to uh, ask questions. Help us to open up things, to know exactly what's going to take place. And uh, if, if the money comes, this is what we're going to do. I pray that you'd bless. Thank you for our finance committee and their hard work. Lord, you know what's ahead of this church family. God, I'm so thankful to be a part of it. I pray that you'd bless now as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Mark.